What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And joining me for this episode is none other than Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you boys ready to get really nerdy? Super. I mean, don't nerdy. we always? Yeah. Did you see what I did with the, the super? Oh. Super nerdy. Oh, okay. I missed it. Sorry. I guess I'll go, uh, I'll go screw myself. Over <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, what I was going to say is typically when we have Brian on uh, to record something, we are getting really nerdy, whether it's about like silly 80s or 90s movies or and really sidetracked but oh uh, yeah know, always yes. delightfully so we'll, we'll we'll try to keep on on track today we'll see um so folks it's december and you know what that means no i'm not talking about religious holidays i'm talking best of lists and year in review discussions which let's be real are better than any present am i right <laughs> absolutely uh, so for this episode, we're going to have a discussion about the most omnipresent genre in all of film and TV, especially in 2022, superheroes. We're going to basically do a superhero film and TV year interview where we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the morbi of 2002's oh, year in superhero programming. Great. See, that's a By your mic. tongue, that made Brian's top five. <laughs> <laughs> We will also talk about the overall health of these franchises moving into a new year, and perhaps, just perhaps, we'll speculate about what's to come in the future. Um, because as of this recording, there's been a major report about the future of one of these franchises that we will briefly discuss. Um, shocking. Shocking. Yeah. You know, to be to be continued, dot, dot, dot. But before we get to our discussion of superheroes in 2022, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the fourth wall, deep focus, the discourse, binge-worthy, and more. And Sad. if you want to... Say it. Okay. And the return of Yellowstoners. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, the, the Yellowstoners have returned. And and starting with a bang, do you want to tease who you've interviewed already that is going to be coming up soon? Oh, well, that's actually for our 1923 Takeover podcast, which will be oh. next week. And it is Harrison Ford. Wow. Wow. Hey. wow. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, delightful. Short and sweet, but uh, it's good to see good to see Harrison. If you want to listen to the 1923 Takeover, the Yellow Centers podcast, or any of the other content we have on the Playlist Podcast Network, you can do that on the app of your choice, whether it's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, boys. Uh, I was I was looking at the 2022 year interview for superheroes, and I realized that it's it's a lot. Uh, so I'm going to try to to have a little bit of organization here to our discussion, so that listeners aren't lost and we kind of stay on track. Uh, so let's start with the easy ones. We're going to talk about the outlier superhero franchises. These are the ones that don't fit in those DC and Marvel silos. Um, so really, this is a short one because there are only two shows I want to talk about. <laughs> uh i know <laughs> mike's laughing because uh i'm not going to talk about 
Samaritan, which was a movie that was released. And I'm not going to talk about Secret Headquarters, which is another movie that was released straight to streaming because mm-hmm. nobody watched them and nobody cares. And Wise choice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've just, seen all, all of the superhero releases this year. I have seen every single one of them, even like Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie or Samaritan or Secret Headquarters. Um, so Here's yeah, what I'll say about Samaritan. About those. Here's what I'll say about Samaritan. If the director of the movie doesn't have the time to talk about his movie, then I don't have time to talk about his movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> god-awful. Yeah, not worth it. It, it is god-awful. So, yeah. So what we're going to talk about is two TV shows. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Umbrella Academy, which debuted season three this year. Um, first off, I don't know if you guys actually watched this show. I watched the shit out of the show, yeah. Oh, you watched the shit out of it. Brian, do you watch Umbrella Academy? I, I have not seen all of it, uh, okay. but I, I have seen, I, I don't know how to phrase An it. An episode? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. I've like, I've seen, how do I phrase this? Like Elliot Page, but also pre-Elliot Page. Okay. If that okay. makes sense. So I have seen, yeah, the, it, it, we all say what I've seen is fine. But yeah. not enough to keep me going. That's all I'm going to say. Here's what I'll say. And if you want my full thoughts, you can read my season three review of the, the show. I yeah. uh, started this summer, actually. Or, well, no, it was about a month before season three premiered, whenever that was. I think it was the summer. And I just, like, blew through the first two seasons. And I really liked it. I went out and right. I realized I hadn't read the comics. I went out and bought the comics. And then season three debuted, and I got to tell you, I was a little bummed because it's the same old, same old. This is a show that for three seasons in a row has tried to prevent the end of the world. Uh, They do so to varying degrees and then ends on a cliffhanger. It is the most formulaic show on the planet. And that's a bummer because it's also one of the most interesting takes on superheroes, Uh, I think, is out there. But the but the footloose dance scene that was great. Okay, so season three starts with a footloose dancing, which is incredible, and it, it harkens is. back to what I think is the best moment the show has ever had, which is the first episode when they're all dancing in their respective rooms. To uh, I think we're alone now, which yep. is so good, like Chef's kiss moment, fantastic. Yeah, um, but yeah, to me, this is a uh, this is a franchise that. I think it's good that Netflix has announced that season four is the final season. Um, And I mean, I will watch season four. Season three wasn't bad enough that I tuned out. I think I just gave it like a a C minus or C or something. Um, So yeah, I'm excited for where the future is with this, but it's just a bummer that a show with like a half man, half gorilla and, you know, all uh, Elliot page and, and the great speaking of Elliot page, the great trans discussion that happened this season um, yeah, I thought that was mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. Like the, yeah, I they, agree. They accepted it in instantly. The first three, it. maybe four episodes of the season are good. It's just when it devolves into we got to save the world again from apocalypse. I was just like, yeah. Ugh. yeah. See, you're you're a little more offended by the same old, same old. I liked the same old, so I'm okay with them doing more of it and just being increasingly bonkers. Um would it get old if they just kept doing it over and over and over and over again? Yeah. So it's they probably have best for that three they have seasons to go all out. Well, varying degrees. Yes. It's definitely Umbrella Academy saving the world over and over and over again. But, you know, this was a, a very different season for multiple different reasons. Right. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I didn't mind it as much as you did, or I wasn't offended by it as much as you maybe, maybe. But, I, um... Yeah, I just I just think that when you have such a weird kooky show, and this is a kooky show, uh, sure. it's it's in a it's kind of in its own little universe. It's not quite present, but it is very modern. I don't know. It's odd when you have this type of strange superhero premise and you don't take full advantage of it and you just kind of recycle themes and uh and story beats mm-hmm. i'm just kind of i i just yeah it, i'm glad it, it, i'm glad has, it's ending yeah it also has this weird curse of always following the boys like it always comes <laughs> out right after the latest <laughs> season of the boys and you're just like yeah this is good but the boys yeah so oh. let's that's a thank you mike that's a great transition because next i want to talk about the boys because season four boy uh no pun intended that was something else right like wasn't it season three no, it's season four, isn't it? Was that season four? I think it's season four. I think we need to fact check this real quick. Oh, God. I'm looking. Maybe it's season three. And... Um, or three. Oh, shit. Okay, whatever. Season three, season four, whatever. It was really good. Um, yes. And they finally did Herogasm, which is something people were really looking forward to. I'm not going to get kind of in the nitty gritty of what that is. If you don't watch <laughs> the show, it's not going to do much for you. But if you watch the show, you know. If you know, you know. Um, but this season, I think, just dialed it up to 11 on the political satire with yes. uh, Homelander. And I think it was fantastic. Um, Brian, do you watch The Boys? Are you caught up? I I am caught up and I've this this is an interesting show in that like it's I feel like I shouldn't enjoy this now I'll be honest when I first started <laughs> watching it I it just I wasn't hooked immediately but and it's not a slow burn I wouldn't call the show no, a slow burn no. <laughs> but it it kind of felt that way for me like it's like the first time I played Mario and I was like I don't know like the very first Super Mario Brothers like I I don't know about this uh, this isn't really doing it for me. Oh, wait, I've been playing this for like three hours. The boys <laughs> was the exact same way. And it, it has gotten so much better. Like uh, to the point where I think this is like, I don't know, probably one of the, the better, if not the best superhero shows I've seen. It's, oh, yeah. it's really sure. good. I, I definitely think it's, it's the best show, uh, the best superhero show on TV. I think yeah. the satire is just top notch. Um, I know Mike, you actually got to talk with Jack Quaid this year, didn't you? Sure did. We talked about hero gasm. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I, I really, I kind of with you, Mike or Brian, I read the comics when they came out years ago and I stopped reading because I felt that the comics tended to, to just go for shock value over heart most of the time. Mm. and the show at the very beginning i was seriously concerned about that i was like oh they're just doing the the comics but as the shows progressed even towards the end of season or the middle of season one like it was a quick progression i think they've they've smartly just uh dialed up the satire of the current superhero climate and what's happening with superheroes nowadays Mm -hmm. to the point where it's just they skewer everything and it's so smart and, and so well done. And the characters are so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just... It's, it's a testament to the show that Homelander and Huey and Butcher and Annie, they haven't become one note. They haven't no. become played out. They keep pushing the characters into interesting places. They introduce new ones that feel instantly like right. Yeah. Fitting in with the world. I love it. I, think I mean, awesome. season two introducing Stormfront. I thought like, oh yeah. boy, where do you yeah. go from here? Because Stormfront is such a crazy character. And then season three, just like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're ramping it up to an insane amount. And um, 
I'm excited to see where season four goes, but I'm I'm very concerned that there is going to be a lull at some point. But we'll see. So I think no, this is no lull. Yeah, no. Um, I I would say that this is probably Carl Urban's best. Like I've, oh, I've yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen a better performance out of him than than here. I love it. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, he, I am thinking about other things he's done, but yeah, I think that this will be the character at least for now that he will. Uh, he's definitely going to be remembered for. I um, hope so. I think I think Anthony Starr as Homelander mm-hmm. is yeah. so good. Oh, he and the ass. fact, he's the so fact good. that this guy doesn't get an Emmy nomination every year is a travesty. It is. Um, it really is. Especially it's- when you see him in like Banshee, right? Yeah. God, we love Banshee. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's just a totally different character. It just shows how much range he has. But I, it, it takes a lot to be so detestable and so disgusting, but also have so much charm. Like yes. you never, oh, you never charm, wonder yes. why people follow him, but mm-hmm. you always are like, don't follow him. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, and 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 coming in twenty twenty three, lots of boys. Um, that sounds funny. Uh, we got season four which is uh, I think they've already wrapped it or something like that should be coming. But then also Gen V, which they Mm -hmm. released a teaser for. Did you guys watch the teaser? I did. Looks interesting. Gen V looks great. It's uh, a college kids. It's like, uh, it's like a college superhero. college. (laughs) Basically the comic books. What's interesting is um, it's kind of a playoff of the X-Men. The G-Men is what they're called. Right. And so I'm curious if they do go full X-Men satire with it, or if they just like, you know, kind of take the bones and, and morph it into their own thing. But uh, I'm I'm super excited to see just anything coming from them. Yeah. Yeah. More boys is good boys. Yes. Yes. Good boys. Good boys. (laughs) Uh, So, like I said, we're not going to talk about Secret Headquarters. We're not going to talk about Samaritan or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm sure there were other indie superhero things out there. Um, now we're just going to move into the the big two, as they're called, uh, <laughs> DC and Marvel. But we're going to start with DC because I think, uh, well, A, there was, there was fewer titles, so it's yeah. a little easier to talk about DC. But also, it's a very strange assortment. Um, basically, there were three major live-action DC releases this year, and each is wildly different than the rest. Um, <laughs> I also want to give a quick preface here. When I talk about DC releases, I'm going to avoid everything to do with the CW shows and the stuff yeah, on HBO Max. Count. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, those just aren't very interesting to discuss. Um, and the hey, Arrowverse is getting canceled. I love Stargirl. I well, yeah, love you're the only Stargirl. one, buddy. Yeah, that's why the show is no longer going to exist. Goodbye. Um, but anyway, yeah, you can enjoy those shows. It's fine. There's so much lore and what they've done is admirable, but the CW is getting axed basically. So, uh, and it, and it's clear now with um, what's happening behind the scenes at DC studios that those sorts of shows are going to be few and far between. So as far as they are, if you enjoy Titans, great. If you enjoy the CW stuff, great. If you enjoyed Pennyworth, um, I don't know who you are and I probably don't <laughs> want to know who you are. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're going to avoid those. So basically, we're going to talk about the three major live action DC releases that I guess technically are DCEU, well, except for one. This is what's so weird about it. You can't even like, lump them together because they're just really different um but let's start with the first one that arrived in 2022 which is peacemaker the tv show which is a that show feels mm-hmm. like it came out five thousand years ago it does feel like a long time ago <laughs> do you remember when we talked about oh, God. yeah i was the only one that liked it yeah um <laughs> this was james gunn spinning off 
uh, the Suicide Squad with Peacemaker, um, the show that nobody asked for, but James Gunn forced into existence. <laughs> and I would be I would be remiss if I didn't say it was a massive hit. Um, and that theme song, people love it. And it just further proved that I'm just not the Peacemaker target audience, apparently. <laughs> um, I, If you're keeping track, I didn't finish the show by the time we recorded. Um, and I still, to this day, have not finished Peacemaker. I stopped at episode, uh, what was it, nine or whatever, the, the penultimate episode. I never watched the finale. Um, I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I didn't. But that was I'll a show that- this, out of all of the superhero releases, as far as television shows go, it's probably still at the bottom, even though I liked it. Um, but still, it, it, it it's it's insig- in, like insignificant as far as the universe is concerned. Well, we'll we'll get to the greater universe, but yeah, I would largely agree that that Peacemaker is is a fine show if if you just love silliness um, and <laughs> yeah. you think that James Gunn's taste in music is top notch. Um, yeah, you know your mileage may vary. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to we'll move past Peacemaker. If you want to hear our thoughts, we, we did discuss it earlier in the year around the time that the show came out. Um, so let's move on to another one that we actually talked about at length when it came out. But um, we've now had some time to marinate over it, which is the Batman that was released in March. Um, here's my question for you guys. Do you think this is the single best superhero thing to be released all year? Yes. Uh, I yeah 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 you know what in thinking about it yes that, okay actually unquestionably yes <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. we so this is the start of the matt reeves universe for lack of a better term and it's uh you know just a full-on reboot of batman that i think took everybody by surprise i think uh in listening to re-listening to the podcast when i when we discussed it i was uh somewhat harsh on the movie only because it didn't do a couple things that I, I was worried about. It was a little long in the tooth okay. and uh, there were some other issues and having rewatched it twice now, uh, I will say that it is still long, but it is undoubtedly beautiful, um, mm-hmm. beautifully shot. Yeah. The, the score is incredible. And I think as far as a complete piece of work, uh, I think the Batman kind of stands head and shoulders above the rest right and the universe it creates the gotham it creates is just filthy and like on the very very edge of just teetering over into oblivion yeah and i i just i think robert pattinson knocked it out of the park as far as you know his Batman oh yeah is concerned Did a lot a good of people job. were like well there's no bruce wayne in the movie it's just there is no bruce wayne in that Period. batman yeah. Oh, he yeah doesn't he doesn't exist yet that's him finding out you know his He's finding his way towards that. I agree. I think uh, I think this show, I, the show, this film um, succeeded most by giving us a lot of Batman and understanding that the there is a big difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman and yeah. and Detective it, Batman as well. Yeah, and, and Matt Reeves believes kind of that Bruce Wayne is the mask um, mm-hmm. in a way that I think is even more severe than uh, even what Chris Nolan did. Um, but yeah, so yeah. we're still impressed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think I put it at number five for the year for me. Wow. Ooh, interesting. Well, the ending of that is just the best. I feel like if the, mm. to the point where like, I, I mean, I know there, there will be a sequel at some point, but I just, there's just no need. I feel like it, it when you say complete work, like I feel like this was just a, a start, uh, you know, beginning, middle and end. And yeah, with the, but like you said, the score, 
Oh man, that just the theme. I I still listen to now when I get yeah. the chance. The theme is incredible, um, and I don't typically do that with a lot of film scores. Uh, I will say though that uh, we don't know when a sequel is coming. Matt Reeves right. is working on it, but nothing has been confirmed in the sense that we there's been no green light, which isn't you know all that weird. Films typically don't get a green light until you know there's a script that everybody's happy with. Um, but it, it looks at this point that we're not going to get uh, the Batman two or whatever they call it until probably like 2025, which um, is yeah, a long way. time. Yeah. Yeah. But not, but see that also, when I say that it, it's only three years and it's only a long time because Marvel taught us it's a long time or, <laughs> you know, other superhero <laughs> things have taught us. That's a long time. Hey, they've three announced years. like four versions of the flash movie in, yeah. in the past 10 years. True. So I'm still waiting for that. So um, let's let's talk about the future of this franchise. We've got in 2023, we've got The Penguin, um, which is uh, in the middle of filming now and mm -hmm. seems like it'll be coming at some point next year. We don't know when. Uh, and like I said, there isn't a sequel to the film, but they are developing multiple other TV spinoffs. Uh, rumor has it that Reeves is really interested in, you know, fleshing out the, the villains of Gotham. Uh, so, you know, are, are we excited to see these spinoffs? Um, I'll say this about the Penguin. They, they really got some incredible people behind the scenes working on that show. So, yeah, that and Colin Farrell was fantastic in the film. So. Yep. Unrecognizable. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're still high on the Batman, uh, which Hello. is good news for that franchise um, because it yeah. didn't get lost, uh, which it could have um, because our next film you know, the Batman peacemaker, all this would have been potentially destroyed because we had black Adam who was going to come in. He was going to wreck things. And he was going to change the hierarchy of the DCEU. Yeah. And, th and then what happened? Oh, it didn't. It did. Nothing changed. <laughs> nothing uh, changed. Nothing changed. Uh, Although the rock is tweeting that it, that things have changed. Oh yeah. Things no, no, no. The Have you ever seen a very massive muscly, man be so insecure i i just yeah I, I like the rock i do but he's he's really going overboard to try in this case yeah successful. he's he's losing it so so here's let's let's catch everybody up to speed the black adam the black adam jesus <laughs> black adam <laughs> came out in october and boy oh boy does the rock know how to market a movie uh dwayne johnson was hyping this up to the heavens the introduction of the jsa the introduction of Black Adam, this whole new mythology, it was going to be like this continuation of the DCEU. And guess what? Superman's going to show up. Not really, but kind of, yeah, he is. We can't really confirm it, He's but yeah, he is. walk in and then say <laughs> one line. And, and, and it's going to be crazy. And, and the, the term was he was going to literally change the hierarchy of the DCEU. It was going to be Black Adam and then everybody else. And the movie came out, had a decent enough opening weekend. I think it made like 67 million in the US, which is fine. I think The Rock touted that it's his best solo debut of a, I don't know. He had, he had <laughs> sure. qualifications because it doesn't beat the Fast and Furious movies. I think it beat Hobbs and Shaw, but barely. And so, yeah, it, it was Jumanji, a, I don't think either. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. was, it was a, it was a, a claim with a lot of asterisks. And then the movie just kind of fell off the face of the earth so much so that Within four weeks, I think it was. No, no, I'm sorry. It was like six weeks. They released it on VOD and shocked everybody. It wasn't even planned. They're just like, happy Thanksgiving. It's on VOD. 
Yeah. Um, and and then The Rock would say it's the best movie on VOD, and he had stats or whatever that were <sighs> completely not confirmed. But now this is where we are today. The film uh, is you have Variety who said uh, controversially that the film was going to lose between fifty two and hundred or fifty and a hundred million dollars uh theatrically that's a it's a key word there in the theaters when you look at the budget because it was 200 million dollars when you factor in the 100 million they're gonna spend on marketing and all this stuff the movie could lose up to a hundred million dollars that is unreal uh when you look at the box office the movie has uh underperformed worldwide it's made less than uncharted uh it's made less than sonic the hedgehog part two um it won't finish in the top 10 uh, films of the year. It's, I mean, you gotta say this is a, a big, big dud. Um, but the reason I say the rock is insecure is he's now after that variety report came out, he's now saying that no, 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 no. We had our people. I think the exact words were I had business people looking into it and this movie is going to make a profit of about 52 to $72 million. But there are a lot Maybe of they're forecasting that after like how many years of view? Well, see, that's yeah. where the asterisks come in <laughs> because they're not talking about theatrically. They're talking about after everything, including merchandise. Oh, merch. But that then THR, the Hollywood Reporter today. So Deadline reported that, which was basically The Rock sending them a press release. Um, it, it was uh, it was a puff piece talking about how not only was Black Adam a huge hit, it was a franchise starter. They compared it to the first Captain America, was re- which was released 11 years ago. Um, for significantly for smaller like, budget. I think, I think it only yeah. cost like 65 or 75 million, like a third of the cost of Black Adam. But then not only that, uh, Hollywood Reporter reported today that... Um, uh, Black Adam 2 is probably not going to happen, um, <laughs> but also that, that 52 to 72 million in profit doesn't include the cut of the profit that all the people are going to make, like The Rock. Um, so, yeah, the film will turn a profit, but Warner Brothers ain't seeing it. Um, <laughs> and and anyway, all that to say, the movie, I think, is an unqualified bomb. Um, and, and Yeah, it's a bad movie. That's it's not even talking about so the, the quality of the film. Right. right brian did you see black adam yet finally yeah it, it took me a while uh <laughs> just to get through it it took were you making movies. it in 10 minute increments like you do pretty with much a lot of movies you can't stand while he was on the treadmill or the bike uh, that's exactly what i did and even like because again i just want something to distract me from what i'm doing and even then it was like this isn't doing it for me i and I was, and I went into it. I mean, I I'd seen what Mike had said, and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this with a negative mentality, and yeah, I it just was a slog, just a total slog. Mike, you but how about that uh, superhero cameo, the Superman uh, cameo? Yeah, you. I, Even if I didn't know about it, it still wouldn't have. Right. In the in the two weeks right. before the movie was released, and they were were not so subtly spoiling the end i knew that there was <laughs> trouble brewing um yeah and i i will I'll, I'll be completely transparent here i have not seen the movie and i do not plan on seeing the movie um not <laughs> yeah, because i am like too busy or have other things to do but because i don't want to see the movie um and uh yeah so mike you have seen the movie you were mm-hmm. there opening day mike yeah i go for a lot of <laughs> right. things opening day i'm rooting and for him and uh, what do you, what do you think? Derivative, 
uh yeah bland garbage yeah <laughs> like down there with morbius Oof. Oof. we'll yeah. get to that in a minute um but let's let's again talking about uh the deadline article that talked about how this movie was profitable and D uh, WB was super happy and all that. They also said that there were this, I thought was interesting. I don't have anything to say about it. Cause I don't know any insider info, but all I know is what happened. And what happened was the original article said that they were working on a black Adam two and a Hawkman spinoff. Then yeah. when you looked at the article a few minutes later, that part of the article was removed. Huh. Uh, I won't say that I know why that happened, because, again, I don't. I will say this from my own personal experience. When something like that is written and then removed, it possibly has to do with a phone call that was received from somebody who knows something. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, that we'll see more Black Adam, nor do I think we need to. Um, and I don't believe people really care that's what i what i think i mean it seems to yeah. have its fans there are people that are sh like saying it was one of the best superhero movies dc has put out i don't know these people not enough of them yeah. that's the problem is i yeah. don't think those people number enough that it matters yeah. so i mean hey if the even if this movie was bad because the here's my thing with the rock most of his movies are bad <laughs> like just subjectively or okay. objectively i mean they're, they're just bad but most of them make money mm -hmm. and and this one just didn't and yeah. you know at the end of the day that's all that matters it's no skyscraper no oh, skyscraper. or rampage <laughs> oh oh so I forgot about rampage <laughs> so before we get off the dc train for a minute um to talk about the uh the elephant in the room we're gonna we're gonna end this with uh, some speculation because like I said we're, we're talking about the future of these franchises too and I would I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if I didn't mention an article that literally was published just to date this podcast recording just about an hour before we recorded which was from the Hollywood Reporter and Boris Kitt yeah is everything who... okay everything okay in the, in the world <laughs> well so I, I want to preface this that this is a major trade this isn't you know a nerd blog and this is Boris Kitt a guy uh, who typically has good info, um, published a thing where uh, Gal, or not Gal Gadot, I'm sorry, Patty Jenkins, her pitch for Wonder Woman 3 was uh, blocked, basically, yeah. was, was denied by uh, the higher-ups at Wonder Brothers. And this effectively killed the any sort of movement and traction for Wonder Woman as a franchise. And as you read that article, it goes on to say that the main reason is that it doesn't fit with the quote unquote plan moving forward. And that plan is because James Gunn and Peter Safran are, uh, are the new head honchos and they are about to uh, unveil their master plan for where DC moves in the future. And what uh, the report claims is that one of the things that could happen is that they start with a clean slate. That means nobody survives in the sense that Henry Cavill's Man of Steel 2 doesn't move forward. Um, the Aquaman 2 is a swan song for Jason Momoa's character and Wonder Woman Gal Gadot is no longer uh, relevant. And they will start fresh with, you know, knowing James Gunn probably 
you know, somebody like Booster Gold or perhaps Blue Beetle, <laughs> um, sure. which debuts next year. So what do you guys think of that? And and I don't want to get bogged down too much in, in speculating about speculation, but right. uh, the the what you can get from it, no matter how you view it, is things are changing there. Black Adam doesn't seem to be the thing that changed the way we view the DCU. And Wonder Woman is kind of getting the brakes put on it. So so where do you guys see this moving forward? I'll start with uh, Mike. Well, James and Peter are doing what they were hired to do. They, uh, the, what You were saying that things are changing around there because things needed to change around there. The, mm. the DC universe wasn't as successful as it should have been uh, with characters like Superman and Batman and The Flash and Aquaman and all these things. Uh, there were hits along the way but it was diminishing returns on something where it should be, you know, like a Marvel universe. They have these characters that are huge within that universe and they just weren't catching on with fans. It was too dark or it was too uh, stupid or it was, you know, just wasn't handled by the right hands. Um, so they want someone like a Kevin Feige uh, and that's what they brought James and, and Peter Safran in to do and let them do it. You know, I, I think, this this whole universe needs a clean slate wipe it clean leave the batman in its own universe let let you know uh uh fuck why am i forgetting his name matt reeves matt reeves let matt reeves completely you know do his own thing in that universe let him do whatever he wants and then build your dceu separately uh clean slate do it from the bottom to the top i love henry cavill um and he's arguably hotter than he's ever been as far as his career goes. I thought you were people... talking about his looks because I was going to agree with you on that one. Yeah, he's hotter than he's <laughs> ever been, period. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't I just don't see anything worth salvaging at this point. There there were some movies I Harley enjoyed. Quinn. I like her. I like her. But can you live with maybe rebooting her? Yeah, sure. Do we need more of that? Well, sure. I mean, if you want to get into the need and want thing, we don't need any of this shit. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, Brian, what do you think? I, I completely agree. Like the, the Mike just said it best. It is there is there enough here to to salvage? I mean, the scraps of, of decent quality, like you said, Harley Quinn, because I thought Birds of Prey was 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 pretty all right. Um, but it's just not enough. There's just just not enough to to, you know, pull it up from from underwater um and it's really a shame it's i mean i honestly like i i think back to before all this started how stoked i was like yeah we're we're rushing into this a little bit here we're you know we're trying the marvel thing and we're going to make this universe all connected and this is going a little too fast but i'll never forget what it felt like before it all happened and i'm like this this could work look at how good man of steel looks by the trailers and one of the best trailers ever, by the way. Still, I one still of the stand best by that. Yeah, still one of the best movies in the DCU. Yes, sad but uh, but true. Yes. Um. So yeah, I just can't help but feel very, very sad. But it is ultimately extremely necessary. And that article did mention, you know, some stuff about you know, there's because what Cavill's he's in the Flash too, correct? Isn't he? So uh, let's maybe let's, cut. Let's talk maybe about cut, that a little yes. bit. Um. I'll 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 transition a little bit so we can talk about the flash but uh basically what what they're saying is that there are still some pre-james gunn pre-cedar saffron projects that you just can't do anything about um aquaman's been in the can for 
what seems like years, but whatever. It's been keep getting delayed. That won't come out till next Christmas. And before that, you've got The Flash, which Mike talked about earlier, hinted that it's been delayed, delayed, delayed for various reasons. Um, yeah. and, and it still feels like they're toying around with this movie. And I think that's kind of the linchpin of all of this, because mm-hmm. that is a film where they literally could, with a story, reset everything. And I wonder if you don't take advantage of that. And, and by reset everything, I literally mean you can reset the universe. Um, Agreed. And, and I think what they were talking about is they were going to be, uh, we already know Michael Keaton's factoring into this movie quite heavily. Um, and then they were saying that Henry Cavill, Momoa, Gal Gadot, all these people were going to make uh, appearances in the film. Um, but if if James Gunn and Peter Safran come back and they have a plan to to reboot everything, you know, there's still time to, to fiddle with The Flash. Um, when is that coming out? Is that July? June. 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 Okay. Yep. Yep. That's conceivable. So, I, I mean, the thing about it is, is that you guys are absolutely right. The DC universe on film needs cohesion uh, and it needs uh, consistency. And you really uh, have been lacking that in, in quality and, and consistency. Yeah, it's all over the place. It's, mm-hmm. it's Yeah, and that's fine. Not every Marvel film is a great film. Not every Marvel TV show is great. But at least you know what you're going to get. And yeah. I think it's important that these these superhero universes have that sort of uh, coherence. And I don't know. Uh, personally, what I'd like to see is uh, not a full reboot in the sense that um, we start with a brand new year one sort of thing. But I'd like to see, and I think this is probably something James Gunn would, would enjoy doing, which is sideline the trinity of Batman, Superman, and, and Wonder Woman. Um, you can't even use Batman really because he's kind of off in his own universe right now. Um, you'd have to use kind of a, a B list Batman, nobody wants that. Uh, Superman Henry Cavill <laughs> seems to be kind of like, is he or isn't he? And Gal Gadot, it's great, but you know, whatever. And and focus on those minor characters. Um, and I think you could start with like, I was joking, like, but with like a booster gold or, or somebody and just kind of you don't start with booster gold. <laughs> no, but what I mean, though, is you're not starting. You're you're not starting from ground uh, zero. What you're starting with is this is the new DCU. And yeah, Batman, Superman, all these characters exist. You could even argue that maybe all those movies took place. Maybe do a time jump of four or five years and just show a new generation, maybe legacy heroes, whatever. And just kind of build from there. Um, And then eventually you can come back around to the the big guys. But I don't know. I don't love sidelining the the Trinity. I mean, what have they been doing with them? I don't know. But they, they, (laughs) they really do need a good Superman movie, like really badly. They can't they get one to work. They can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've tried every which way. Um, they've had so many people get signed on and leave and, and whatever. I don't know. I believe personally that everything should be built around Superman myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that might not be James Gunn's prerogative. James Gunn likes underdogs um, and he likes weirdos. And yeah, it's true. We'll see. I don't mind the focusing on the the smaller characters. And I remember always thinking that, oh yeah, we're starting with Man of Steel here, but I kind of I wish we could start with the Flash. And I guess kind of in a way, if things kind of come to be the way we're speculating, maybe it is kind of kind of start with the Flash. Maybe this is going to lead into the next 
whatever. God, am I curious? I'm yeah. so curious. And I, I think like now I'm even more curious to see like if they fiddle with the flash, like then there's an alternate flash that's going to be out there. And I'd love to see that, man. Well, they definitely need to recast him. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that's the other do. thing is Ezra Miller is just not good for the role anymore. Um, Ooh, they are not. But yeah, so there's just there's a lot. And so when we talk about the 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 scattershot approach to 2022 from the DCU, it's kind of that way by design because this is the bed they made, um, and that includes a weird Peacemaker show, an alternate universe Batman, and a Black Adam movie that nobody asked for. Um, <laughs> And that's just kind of the summary of what Warner Brothers has done with these characters, that that's that's what we got. Um, yeah. So there you go. Let's move on. Let's talk about Marvel, um, because uh, Marvel is kind of like I said, the elephant in the room. They're the, the big dog. Um, but when we talk about Marvel, there is a little bit of inconsistency here because we do have to say that there's Morbius and then there's everything else. Um <laughs> So let's just quickly go through Morbius. Uh, it sucked. Yeah, it was awful. Right? Did you finally watch it? No, no. I'm just I'm asking you guys if it sucked. Much like oh, Black yeah. Adam, I'm not. I'm never gonna watch Morbius, uh, yeah. and I've come to terms with that, and I'm okay with it. Um, the memes and the Morbin stuff has been way more fun. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. The my favorite thing, my favorite thing, more than the memes, is that Sony thought the memes were so good that they could re-release the movie. And they re-released it and nobody showed up. Um, <laughs> it's it's poetry. Oh, this will work. <laughs> yep. So good. Uh, Morbius was a train wreck we saw coming a mile away. It was released. It was a train wreck. Nobody cared. Jared Leto is now kind of killed two superhero franchises. Good on you. Good for him. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't... I. If anything, it uh, has maybe gotten Sony to... to pause for a second we'll see how they uh how the studio reacts to such a dismal failure um but we got craven the hunter coming we've got uh madam web uh, or whatever that movie's going to be called we've got yes. a, a lot of spider-man in the future but uh it's hard oh, to get excited for the money out of that one yeah <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to get excited for any of these projects when you've got things like the two venom movies and morbius uh to to kind of show what they are um, the kids love Venom, so uh, maybe there's something there. I mean, no offense to your children, Mike. <laughs> but they're children. But but they're dumb, and they're supposed to be dumb at this age. <laughs> yeah, and and that's okay, um, because the Venom movies suck. Uh, the first Venom is passable. Second Venom is unwatchable, and uh, yeah, Morbius is is probably god awful. So there you go. So let's talk about real Marvel. Ooh. Uh, in 2022, yeah, in 2022, the MCU Marvel studios released three films and five TV projects. That is eight programs in 12 months. That is quite, uh, quite the release strategy (laughs) and it's only going to get more insane. Um, so yeah, let's start. Let's, let's, uh, let's go with TV. Mm. Uh, because I think TV is, is less interesting here. Um, I, I, the first, Yeah, the first TV show was Moon Knight, which I was personally psyched about. And ultimately, I was kind of met on. Um, uh, Brian, did you ever end up watching Moon Knight? I finally finished it. It just didn't it just didn't (laughs) do anything for me. There was started that first episode. I was so in. I was all in. 
and then it just the the boulder fell off the cliff and yeah it i don't know the pilot is fantastic it's, um, yeah i think it gets yeah I think I like the first it. episode's great. And then uh, much like Brian, it, it flies off the deep end. Whenever they start, yeah. I like my Moon Knight to be grim and gritty and you never know if he's crazy or sane. But when they started introducing all the gods and, and all that, I was just, I was like, okay, not my cup Ethan, of tea. Ethan yeah, the Hawk Egypt of it all kind of got a little bogged down. With yes, there, there you go. Everything. That's it. Exactly right. Yeah. Um. I, I yeah. Does that mean I hate Moon Knight? No. Uh, I'm interested to see Oscar Isaac bring the character into the greater MCU because I don't know how that's going to happen um, just because it's such a strange character and he doesn't really fit in with anybody currently. Um, and I say currently in the MCU. So um, maybe down the line, I think it's almost a for certain thing that we'll see him in either Kang or, or Secret Wars. But for now, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next, we had Ms. Marvel. Uh mm. I, I dug the yeah. hell out of Ms. Marvel. Um, Same. Another amazing pilot, but for me, it was a mixed oh. bag. Yeah. I, I I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, but there were moments where you're just like, wait, what? Why are we doing this? Why are we going back in time? But yeah, fine. Let's do this. I kind of dug it in the sense that I think it was cool because we're getting our first Pakistani superhero. And I think when you do something like that, it's great to, to kind of just introduce the culture to a larger audience because um, when you, when you talk about a character and, and this character, unfortunately uh, by trolls gets called a kind of a, like a woke thing. Right. Um, yeah. That's stupid. And, and when you get that, that sort of accusation, it's because people are ignorant and the best way to cure the ignorance, I think, is to just show them it's good and make them learn, you know, right. and and I, I think showing them Pakistan, showing them the history, show, talking about um, the the sort of like civil war and the and everything that happened or not even the civil war, but the, the exile, I should say, uh, is stuff that not a lot of people knew about in the same way, like talk about something completely different watchmen kind of introduced the whole like tulsa massacres and stuff um, yeah but the, the way they did it kind of felt like you know history channel with miss marvel in it and the, <laughs> the first episode was so like poppy and bright and her family was so amazing and her friends were so amazing and you lose yes. all of those dynamics when you when you pull her into that other world and i just kind of lost interest when all of those things that were about she was bouncing off of were no longer there it was different. I'll give you that. I, I was it, it did become a slightly different show at that point. But I think the, the finale kind of really rectified all that, though. Um, yeah. I think it was one of the better finales Marvel's turned in. Um, I think, if anything, the two years of, of Disney Plus shows that we've gotten so far, it's shown that Marvel kind of has a great premise and then kind of loses itself in the weeds towards the end. But I think... Um, <laughs> A couple times this year, uh, with this and another show I'll talk about in a second, I think by the end, it, it really was was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Sure. So <laughs> agree to disagree. Uh, I will say, I think we're all happy to see what happens with Miss Marvel in 2023 because she's going to show up in the Marvels. Um, and what's if, her name again? Uh, Iman? What's it? Amon Vellani. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah. She is great. So yeah, and her story is more yeah, her story is incredible. You watch yeah, any yeah. interview with her, you immediately fall in love with her. Um, she's awesome. fantastic. She but really the the end credits teased kind of this sort of like uh, body switch 
uh, gimmick that is apparently going to play out in the Marvels, which seems like a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, excited about that. Yeah. Nothing like trading places in the Marvel universe. <laughs> hey, why not? Why not? <laughs> um, and so next we had She-Hulk. Yes. Which came out in August. I'm glad and boys were feeling. Yeah. And, and here's the thing about She-Hulk. When they released the first trailer, everybody made fun of it because the CGI was uh, not good. Yeah, it was unfinished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. It was unfinished. And by the time the show came out, I think for the large part, uh, the CGI was was decent enough for TV, at least. Yeah. Uh, if not really good. Um, there were other issues about how Marvel treats its VFX crews and all that. That's not what we're going to talk about. Um, regardless, I think She-Hulk was a big middle finger to the aforementioned trolls. Um, <laughs> and basically, they did a female-fronted sitcom um that went super meta in ways that i don't think anybody was expecting and uh i think delivered the goods and made arguably the most fun marvel product of 2022 yes i think i think it was my favorite marvel show of the year i agree oh it's by far my favorite yeah yeah i love tatiana maslani i love the sitcom format i love that they didn't get bogged down in plot you know, and just have her in this big superhero story. Um, and and even when she did, by the end, it was this super meta takedown of fanboys and, you know, Marvel criticisms or shortcomings. And just like, it was so much all in one. And yeah, I really love how they set up that character. I hope it gets more. I really hope it does. Me too. I, I think it will. Um, Brian, you, you said you were clapping. Uh, I don't think we've talked about She-Hulk. So what do you think no. about She-Hulk? You, well, first of all, you guys convinced me to watch it and I could not stop. Just that was, uh, it was nice to have, finally have a, a real binge of something. And it was just, yeah, just delightful all the way up to the end. I, I, any complaints I have are so nitpicky at, at this point. It might've been my the Daredevil favorite. episodes. How about the Daredevil? Oh my episodes? God. How yeah. do you not love Charlie Cox? I, I'm a fan of the Netflix Daredevil show. I think it's, uh, yes. I wouldn't say it's underrated because people do love it. The people who do yeah. love it, but I, I mean, the man is just charisma. <laughs> so glad he's back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, this is, this is probably one of my favorite things that in years. And, you know, you said favorite Marvel show. I mean, I'm looking right now and this might be my favorite Marvel thing for the year period. Honestly. Oh, wow. I, I, it was just, it was fun. And it was the sort of different shit that like, like, I would say since Ragnarok, like we just need more stuff like this. These more like right turns that big swings, yeah, big swings. So more of this, please. Uh, I mean, whatever you have to do to make things different, I do not care. And at the very least, a special presentation episode of Madison and Wongers. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. I think uh, if we had to give an award for the. the surprise of the year in any of the things we've talked about madison and wongers <laughs> that that relationship is incredible and it's yes every, i think the best part about this show is it took everything that was built in the mcu it was respectful of it all but also enough of a of a you know poke and fun that it felt fresh it brought um, it into its universe instead right of, you know yes. setting she hulk in the middle of the MCU and bogging her down with the plot of it. Yeah. And, and, and it didn't, it didn't do the crutch that you see in like 
uh, Deadpool where everything's a joke, like making fun of everything. The mm. jokes were never at the expense of the characters, even when they did the more ridiculous characters like the porcupine and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> it was all the jokes were like layered. It wasn't. It, yes, the character looked ridiculous, but also he's funny because um, yeah. what they did with Abomination, I think, was really clever. Um, mm -hmm. Having Wong, who if we had to give an award again for the guy holding together the MCU in 2022, the of it's the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. It's Wong surprisingly enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. And Masalani, Tatiana Masalani is, is so good. Um, but she's good in everything. Like if you haven't seen orphan yeah. black, you should see orphan black. And um, yeah, I, I am really excited to see her integrate more. Um, and I don't know that I need more she Hulk, uh, as a series, but I'm open to it for sure. Um, I just don't know how you kind of come back from that finale um, in the sense that they kind of just, uh, it went all out, which is what you love to see, but also uh, paints itself in a bit of a corner. But yeah, I'm excited. I just, I think that like when, if she does finally integrate into the, you know, like I think about- If, uh, come on, Wars, Brian. Like, well, you know, like I think about Secret Wars and like that could be a fun moment of her, you know, turning to the camera in the middle of some huge, you know, sequence and I don't know, Deadpooling it up for a second. Like I yeah. with Deadpool. I was about to say, with that's what Deadpool. you're going to see is you're going to see meta on meta with Deadpool and She-Hulk. <laughs> that could um, be entertaining. Like so. like Deadpool will turn, break the fourth wall and then She-Hulk will be like, why are you talking to them right now? We're fine. Uh, <laughs> or something I, like I'm, that. I'm I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. So yeah, um, more of She-Hulk. I I think yeah, this was the the best show of the year for Marvel. I think it's yes. the best character introduction um, of the year, followed close by Ms. Marvel. I think Amon Vellani's charisma and charm is enough to to kind of overtake any sort of qualms you might have about that show. And definitely, um, I I'm just that's super what I would excited. say about Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight. I would kind of flip them for me. Really. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I like Oscar Isaac. I just don't, I don't know. Anyway, now we have a couple of things that were on TV that don't fit in the TV show format, but were special presentations that I think are both uh, kind of shocking in different ways. Um, first, we got Werewolf by Night, which was a Halloween drop. And it was uh, Michael Giacchino's directorial debut. The guy who writes the music for superheroes is behind the camera for superheroes. And it was weird. Right. It's yeah. fantastic. It was I good. It. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go so far as say fantastic. I loved it. I, I would say it was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brian, did you watch it? Yeah, it was, it, I, I definitely not bad. The quality of this <laughs> is, is strikingly good. Um, but it was strange. Yeah. I, I'm I okay know. with strange. I, I won't watch it again. I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to revisit, but uh, I don't know that it was a successful introduction to Werewolf by Night in a sense that yeah. like I need to see him again. Um, yeah, that, there you go. But, but Man it, Thing were great. Man Thing was great. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I just I don't know. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal is a fine actor. Um, his his portrayal of Werewolf by Night, I think, was shockingly silly. Um, not in a bad way. Just I wasn't expecting it. And the tone of it kind of mixing between the kind of silly, um, you know, universal monsters type horror and the yeah. Marvel quips and all that. It was it was difficult to to fully buy in. And I don't think it was as scary as people think it is. Um, 
I, I wouldn't call it scary, no. No, no. And and I just, you know, it was for, fine. For kids, sure. It was a good diversion. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. It was a good Halloween special. That's what it is. It was yeah. a good Halloween special, yes. Will I cry if Werewolf by Night doesn't show up again? No. No. Yeah, but could he show up with the likes of Moon Knight and Man Thing and, and other characters, perhaps a Ghost Rider or a Blade? Sure, mm. I'm okay Suns. with that. Yeah, Midnight Suns. Um, be lovely. And then the most recent Marvel product to be dropped was Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Um, I think it was Again. surprised. Here's the claps. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I this is this had Brian Farver written all over it. Um, <laughs> this surprised me in the sense that I didn't. Uh, I didn't fully comprehend how uh, sweet it was yes. going to be. Heartfelt. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm I was doing I was kinda, Peter do it again. Yeah. I could have done without that, to be honest with you. I think James That's Gunn not the thinks. the part that got you? No. No. You're a sick fuck. <laughs> I, uh, I love the Mantis stuff. Everything to do with yeah. Mantis. Yeah. Yeah, she's sweet. More of her. The dynamic yeah. between her and, and, uh, oh, why am I? Jax. Drax, yes. Well, I almost yeah. said Dave Bautista, but yeah, that was a great pairing. Kevin Bacon, this is this is wonderful, and the music sticks in your head. Those songs. I don't, I I love the opening song. I think that was really fun. Yeah, um, not a huge fan of the Kevin Bacon song, but oh really? Yeah, Aww. yeah. I thought it was a, a bit much, um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I think. Uh, it was fine for what it is. It's a holiday yeah, again, special. It's a holiday special. It was yes. a wonderful holiday special. Yes. yes. I could what I will watch again, with my kids. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. To me, the best holiday special is It's Always Sunny's uh, Christmas episode with the stop motion. Um, ah, so, yeah. so that's the sort of thing that I like as a holiday special. This just felt a bit, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I am a, just a heartless bastard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and speaking of uh heartless bastards i didn't like dr strange in the multiverse of madness now we're gonna talk about movies um oh. brian did you end up watching this yes did you so here i, I loved remember, it i loved it i was about I to loved say it. Did. okay yes, okay he did. so i want to i want to bring us back brian to the episode you unfortunately could not take part of because you couldn't make it to the screening but mike and i talked about multiverse of madness and we were both pretty down on this movie um yeah. it did find an audience uh it made almost a billion dollars but uh it in that episode's choice award for yes. best movie of the year uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but in that episode mike and i said this movie is brian farver's movie uh <laughs> it's so sam raimi that we were like oh brian farver is gonna love this yeah you're you're correct, and I was not looking forward to this movie at all, which is odd because it is a Sam Raimi film. But I just am not attached to Doctor Strange at all. I didn't enjoy the first one. Um, See, I'm the opposite. I love the first. I know. One. I hate this one. I know. This one just had everything. Music I fight. Music fight, Brian. And I I will say I hey, didn't. Hey, don't let him beat you down, Brian. If you liked it, you liked it. I did, That's and fine. I like. I didn't enjoy the Illuminati stuff very much. What a waste. Handled badly, yeah. Uh, outside of that, this is this has been a Cumberbatch figuring the character out in ways that I haven't seen before. And it's just another example of a film that just doesn't need, we're going to get more. We'll get another one of these. Maybe Rami or Rami will direct the next one. I don't know. God, but no. I was very satisfied with 
with how it wrapped up. And we got such a great Scarlet Witch, man. No, we didn't. Guys. No, uh, no, no, that was didn't. not Scarlet Witch. Nice. That was not Scarlet Witch. Oh, I've, I just it, it felt the conflict within her in, in ways that I, like, I haven't felt that since, like, maybe Killmonger. Or, or you could like, watch WandaVision and watch that yeah. whole thing again. I, I know, I know. And I I overall love WandaVision. Gone through this, it, was, dude. This, this, this gave me so much, so much of, we got more, a little bit more WandaVision. We got, you know, a better Doctor Strange. We got Sam Raimi. We got a Danny Elfman score. <laughs> I disagree on all of this. Jeez. All of it. He is stating oh. facts. That was true. All yes, of what he it, said. All of that happened. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, I think Mike and I are still in agreement, if not even more so, that this is not a good movie. Um, I want to try those. What were they? Pizza balls in the oh in the. God. I Don't want bring to try a pizza up. ball from from Pizza Papa so uh, bad. <laughs> I hated Pizza Papa so much. I hated. <laughs> I I can't believe I wasted minutes of my life. I knew Campbell was coming. That and he did not let scene. me down. Uh, so much better than Drag Me to Hell, and I love Drag Me to Hell. I will agree that it's probably better in Drag Me to Hell. I don't even know, yeah, though. I don't like Drag Me to Hell either. I don't like Drag Me to Hell, but I don't know. If if you put a gun to my head and told me to watch Doctor Strange or Drag Me to Hell, I might watch Doctor or Drag Me to Hell. Good man. Just I mean, because well, it's shorter? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't make me as mad. Oh. Um, yeah, okay. I think I think if you want to hear Mike and I's uh, assessment of this movie, we, we went yeah. pretty in-depth with it. But yeah. I think, yeah, it was not a strong uh beginning of the year for uh marvel films i'll say that now uh next on the list was thor love and thunder which i think is interesting because mike and i saw it early we did our podcast where we really raved about liking this movie and then we just felt the tides turn everybody everybody started hating this movie which i i still i i rewatched it with my wife um i i do see some issues but i still kind of like it I think it's charming. I, I, yes, it goes over the top with the Taikaisms. But we said but, that in the podcast. Yeah, we yeah, said that he, he's swinging for the fences every single time and a lot of it doesn't land. But when it lands, I think it lands. Yeah, I don't like Natalie Portman being like a jokey Taika character. Yeah. Because I think she's a better dramatic actor than she is a comedic actor. Yep. Um, But I liked a lot of this. I love the where the, the love and thunder of it all. I love yeah. how that came around. Yeah. Did it waste some of Gore the God Butcher? Maybe a little bit, but I still liked what they did with them uh, and his his journey through through the movie. Could they have given him a little more to do? Sure, but it's still a lot of laughs, a lot of fun, a lot of Thor, a lot of love and thunder. Yeah, Brian, did you watch the movie? Yes, and uh, you know, it, I I think back to what did we did we do a summer movie? We did a summer movie preview episode. No. Oh yeah, yeah, because uh, I think Mike said that Thor was like his most or my no. most anticipated of the summer. Yes, yes. Or was it Gray Man? Uh, I was between those two, Eesh. and I don't. I I liked Gray Man Eesh. too. Yeah, that's I a that's Gray a podcast Man. for another time. Um, <laughs> um, Brian, what were your thoughts on Love and Thunder? Well, I was stoked to to, to see it, and uh yeah, th- this is interesting because you are right with the with the Taikaisms. I did like the way it came together with the love and thunder. I, the The movie looks great with the exception of one special effect. The, the floating uh, head. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, rough. I, it looks great. The opening scene with the Guardians is so ultra fun. I remember just I couldn't stop smiling. Um, but yeah, I, this is the sort of movie where like, okay, we get it now. Chris Hemsworth has awesome comedic chops. He's awesome. We get it though. We like I we okay the Ragnarok, you know, righted the ship. And okay, we well we we've done this we've done this already. We don't okay we're doing it again, for for Love and Thunder. Uh, okay, but now I'm not saying we need to go back to the regal, elegant, you know, badass Thor that we saw in the first two movies because that didn't really work either. No. I don't know where we go from here. But in in the spirit of She Hulk, Thor unfortunately again needs something else to to make it interesting and i'm not saying that this is a bad movie at all i really do like taika waititi and uh i i do i rank it lower than dr strange yeah i do but it's it's watchable in the sense that it is i'm gonna just summarize and just say it's it's pretty fun you know it's it's, yeah. it's probably the sort of forgettable movie that you know like i've said numerous times before i can have on while i'm vacuuming the family <laughs> so um, so here's inspired what... casting with brett goldstein by the way i know we just get a peek of him yeah I'm yeah very on board is, with him joining yeah, I mcu totally agree russell crowe also blew me away i thought i thought russell crowe was 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 fun yeah. really entertaining i i think taika for better or worse uh is taika and i think yeah. this is the type of superhero movie he makes and that's fine uh, the big disconnect for me if, upon a rewatch is all the stuff with Natalie Portman and the cancer stuff. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. it, uh, I don't think it hits as hard as I wanted it to, especially in light of the next movie we'll talk about. But um, I think I, I think having that subplot is to the detriment of the movie because I don't think that's Taika's strong suit. Um, we see the same sort of thing in Jojo Rabbit with him, where he handles such a tragedy and 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 such what should have been a super emotional scene, and and kind of doesn't have the ability to sit in it as much as I we need. Oh, him. disagree with Jojo Rabbit. I thought that was great. I think it's fine, I but I think Jojo Rabbit. Okay, yeah. well, I guess I'm the odd man out. I think it's a fine movie. I think Jojo Rabbit's fun. I just think that uh, the moments that it needs to be ultra serious. Um, I think it, it kind of uh, glosses over it a bit much. You're and I think the that, shoes moment was, was God, I teared over. up during that part. Okay. Oh, we're, we're not here to relitigate Jojo Rabbit. All that to say. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> all that to, I did. And I'm ending it. All that to say, I think Love and Thunder uh, didn't tackle the serious stuff as seriously as I would want it to. That's all. Fine. True. And I just, I just don't think Taika was interested in, in doing that. And that's whatever. It's his prerogative. It's his movie. But yeah. yeah. Do I need another Taika Thor? Probably not. Do I no. even need yes. another Thor movie? Probably not. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes to both. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think we'll see Thor. I think he'll end his, uh, his run in one of the Avengers movies. And that'll be that. I think I'll be okay with that. Mm -hmm. But do they need to kill Thor? No, no. No. No, here's the thing Marvel needs. Own. I think Marvel's learned this, but I, I hope that they have at least is you don't have to kill these things off in the comics. These characters just come and go like you can right. you can make up a number of reasons why Thor doesn't show up all the time. Um, but yeah, so Agreed. let's let's finish the Marvel discussion, which uh, with what I think might be. Oh, I'll just say it. this is what I think is the best Marvel product of the year. Black Panther yeah. Wakanda forever. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would be on board with that. Uh, I'll just say this because it's still in theaters. I don't think it's on Disney Plus. Brian, have you seen it yet? Just saw it this week. Oh, okay. Hey, congrats. Uh, and you hated it. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Mike and I have said our thoughts on a podcast. So I'll throw it to Brian again. Uh, quickly, just tell us what you think of Wakanda Forever. I was a little bored. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It no, took so long to get going. Oh my God. It took forever to get going. I was never was... bored with it. Man, I personally I... wasn't either. Yeah. Um, I... Go ahead. Keep going. The, no, I'm just like the, the, the villain. Just, I just. Namor really is great. Oh, I, I love Namor. I'm not, there's so much quality here. That's the thing I can still recognize when a movie is made well and when it's made by competent, like competent filmmakers. And, and it's, again, it's another beautiful looking film with, with great performances. None of those things are a problem. I, I like seeing Julia Louis-Dreyfus again. I liked, uh, you know, I, I still don't. Quite... It says a lot that the first person you mentioned in this movie is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I'm just does. like, I'm grasping at some like straws of quality, but like, I still am trying to figure out. Letitia like... Wright's performance was outs- incredible. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Yes. And I was expecting little. Angela Bassett. Her. Outstanding. Ooh, that there, there's a good, a good, you know, feather in the cap of, of, you know, good stuff about it. But I don't know. I wasn't like dying to jump back into Wakanda, you know, because I, I maybe time hasn't been really? that kind I on the love first Black film. Panther. Yeah, I, I, I went back and reread my original review last week, um, and I the issues that I saw then are still present now. Again. Like I'm, I'm, this was Black Panther's not a bad movie. And it's, it's probably in the, at the very least, the top, I don't know, 15, maybe, but <laughs> Jesus, it was know. Oscar. It was not your, for your best Marvel picture. opinions, man. I, know. I admit they're, they're a little, they're a little, okay. They're rough. Well, they're rough. So <laughs> Wakanda I, forever, I think is incredible. <sighs> I think this is a movie that, um, took a very, very difficult subject, uh, a very difficult situation and and really did about as good of a movie as you could with yep. the situation given and uh i we was got, ex- well go ahead no it gave us that that right away right off the bat they they handled that well and it immediately splintered into these awesome performances like you said like that and that's where again i'll give give the movie so much credit if if bassett doesn't get i'm not saying she needs to get an oscar but she should get some recognition for this right she might get a nomination. Hope yeah, so. Really. Go on. Yeah, we'll... I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. No, what I was going to say though is, uh, it is a movie that's long. There's, there's no denying that. Um, yes. but I think, uh, I think the uh, long-term opinion felt... of this movie is going to get better. Yeah, it would have felt shortchanged if they, they kind of glossed over anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. the only thing he could have cut is the Julia Louis Dreyfus stuff, honestly, and and yeah, the Everett Ross Julia Louis Dreyfus kind of side plot. Yeah, that that just like it was fine. They needed some sort of characters there, but you yeah. know, shoehorning what is going to eventually be Thunderbolts or Cap Four Easter eggs just kind of felt like unnecessary. And we just it, at some point I was like, oh, I'm bored. Get over it. Let's. I'll let's... admit it was a little like a bit of a too much of a pivot from from everything else yeah um, the movie sang with letitia wright uh on screen and namor on screen both of yeah. those 
characters, Shuri and Namor are fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. It's an amazing movie. And it ends 2022 and phase four kind of on the right foot. Because I, I know the holiday special is technically the end, blah, blah, blah. But this is really kind of the emotional crescendo of phase four. And uh, I, I, I thank God it exists only because phase four has been such a mixed bag for me that um, <laughs> I, I'm happy that uh, by and large, I liked a lot of what 2022 offered as far as Marvel goes. And I think ending on a high note like this was really great. Agreed. Again, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's <laughs> you bad. You said you hated it. No, nope, I you said did you hated say it. I, I heard you just didn't like Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I, I, I wasn't. His don't performance say, just kind don't of say, don't. just don't just don't. It, it don't. grew. Just don't. It, it, it's just it's don't. by the time we got to Infinity War, I was I was on board. Okay, Are we'll just serious? say that. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. Well. No, 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 no. Actually, you know what? What the movie? No, no. Infinity War was what did it. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Sorry. And I'm also reading Danny Elfman's discography right now. So I'm Good a little Lord. If, if there's well, I'm one glad you're paying attention to the podcast. Yeah. Am I am I weird that I enjoy uh, Dead Man's Party is I think the best Danny Elfman music ever? Oh yeah! In fact, sure. uh, you should dial up. Uh, there's an Oingo Boingo performance. Yeah, I was gonna say Oingo Boingo is probably where you want to go. Well, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's Dead Man's Party. Yeah, there's a there's a video of them in like the mid '80s where they are just firing on all cylinders. So good. They do weird science and. Yeah, Dead Man's Party, and it's just like this is a band that knows their shit. So I should find that concert. It's really good. <laughs> okay, so with 2022 out of the way, let's uh, do a little look-see ahead at 2023 to see. Uh, I'm curious what you guys are really excited for in the new year. Um, Marvel and DC, of course, have quite a number of projects coming out, uh, both on TV and in film. So we'll start with Mike. Are there uh, one or two projects from from these companies that you're like super excited about? The boys, no. Um, well, I mean that's a here. given. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, definitely on on the DC side, it's just the Flash. You know, I'm a Flash guy. I've I've got to just hold out hope that that movie is good. I'm just desperate <laughs> for it to be good. Uh, on the Marvel side. Uh, Guardians. I'm a big fan of the first two Guardians movies. I know you don't love James Gunn and his his you know team of misfits kind of formula that he's developed here, but I do think Guardians three looks good. I think Secret Invasion looks awesome. Uh, the rest I could probably take it or leave it. Loki season two maybe. I know that's going to be a big hit for Disney Plus. Oh yeah. Um, they couldn't make season yeah. two fast enough. For sure, for sure. But, you know, I mean, Quantumania, you know, I don't love Ant-Man. Uh, I love Paul Rudd, but I don't <laughs> love the Ant-Man movies. Uh, but it does look like they're doing something different, so who knows? Um, and then, yeah, Echo, not really interested. Ironheart was great in Black Panther 2. Maybe. Maybe it'll be good. Yeah. We'll see when it gets closer. Uh, Brian, any thoughts on those? Yeah, I guess I would say Flash more from a curiosity standpoint right now uh just to see what 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 we're going to be getting here but it could be decent i mean you know for early <laughs> could be decent early buzz it seems to be 
you know, tracking pretty well, but yeah, the others, I, I seriously, I just can't muster up any interest at all. Um, and you know, really quick sidebar, like the thing about Shazam that I was, one of the things I love the most about it, and I did not love Shazam in the long run was the score. I, I thought the score was terrific. And Benjamin Wallfish is not coming back for Fury <laughs> of the Gods. So that so I, I don't think there's anything that can, you know, draw me to the theater quickly for that one. And I think the Blue Beetle costume looks horrendous. But wow. whatever. <laughs> Shots um, fired. And Marvel, yeah, Mike, I agree with you. Guardians and Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion looks really interesting. Um and I God, Ant Man and the Wasp, colon Spy Kids. <laughs> just oh I just so, I just don't know. So I, here's I the thing about the Ant Man and Wasp trailer. I thought it was a cool idea. And then yeah. you see all of yeah. that quantum mania stuff. And it just feels like they just are in a cartoon. Like it really does yes. feel like Spy Kids in a sense, uh, yeah. a very expensive Spy Kids. But <laughs> it's it's really difficult for me personally to uh, to really buy into a movie when it is so reliant on CG environments. Um, Marvel's been guilty of this quite a bit in the past, but you can tell that the volume, as they say, has been used quite a bit for for uh, Quantumania. And it looks kind of like, you know, Mandalorian or anything like that, where you're just like, there's some like uncanny valley thing here. And like the appeal of the first one, and I'm not saying that the first one was a masterpiece, but the appeal there was the, the this like very kind of self-contained story. And that obviously was Edgar Wright's original vision as well was it'll have some ties to the greater MCU, but overall it's going to be this kind of small scale adventure. And now it's this, you know, I know the idea is to get bigger and better, but this just looks like bigger, but not more not better at all. It, it it feels a bit multiverse of madness, where it's like you know we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. instead of doing a true sequel, we're gonna just throw everything into this movie. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's hard to deny the the charm of Paul Rudd. Um, it's yeah. it. I mean his relationship with the other members of the cast is really, really nice. And yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. Obviously Kang is a cool character and everybody's excited about that, but it just, it really, it feels very star Wars to me. It feels uh, just not very Ant-Man, <laughs> which has always also, been smaller in scale. No pun intended. I also can't believe they've gotten Michael Douglas to come back over <laughs> no. and over again because he seems so uninterested in every movie <laughs> just like barely learns the lines almost it's so yeah. wooden oh man i i'm not a fan of him in those movies well either way so it, it could be good it could be good but i don't know i mean we're all psyched <laughs> that bill murray is still in this now aren't we i i just i don't know man i don't i don't know how bill murray fits into all this i don't uh, it'll yeah. be a fun cameo i'm sure yeah it'll be whatever um yeah, Guardians, I just, the sentimentality kind of gets to me sometimes. It, his, it, James Gunn's stuff, um, I don't know. It, it's either hit or miss with me. Um, the trailer looks fine. It looks more of the same. Uh, the Marvels, I think, for me, is is the most interesting of the three films, just because I don't really know what that's going to be like, and I am excited to yeah. see uh, Tiona Paris and Amon Vellani, um 
kind of stretch their their legs on the big screen, which is nice. Um, good little team there. I, I yeah. have high hopes for that. Yeah. And then on TV, Secret Evasion is cool, but I'll tell you what, I'm really looking forward to Echo. Maybe I enjoyed Hawkeye more than the average person, but uh, I I really am excited to see Marvel really start to to kind of give us that prelude to Daredevil, which I think Echo is going to be, sure. um, which will be kind of cool. Uh, and then on DC, uh, purely <laughs> as like a train wreck sort of situation, I, I want to see what the Flash <laughs> is going to look like. Uh, in my mind, there's no way it can be good, but yet, like all the early quote unquote buzz around these, like early, you never know with these screening rumors. Yeah, yeah. Sure. it's just that yeah. this is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. So maybe it's awesome, but it, it seems very hard for me to believe that a movie that's just been through so much is going to be able to put it together. But you know, we'll see. Uh, I could not care less about Aquaman two. Um, I did not like the first Aquaman. I thought it was terrible. So I'm not excited about the second one. The first Shazam is fine enough. I tried watching the first Shazam again. It was on the cable recently and it just mm-hmm. kind of felt a little hokey. Um, it's so, very hokey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if I can really. And then Helen Mirren, as much as I love her and Lucy Liu, it's just like, can they really be villains that are, are scary? Intimidating. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, and then I don't even know what else. Oh, Blue Beetle. I mean, we've seen what a poster and some set photos. Who knows? Who knows? At the very least, there's yeah. possibly the penguin coming. Possibly. Oh yeah, yeah. They're filming that, right? Uh, so yeah, that that would be really good. Um, I have I have high hopes for penguin. Um, but we'll see. So yeah, 2023 again feels a bit like it could be a mixed bag. It, Marvel is really starting their their phase five, and that's kind of like gonna kick uh the whole next three years of films off um so it'll be interesting to see how they do that especially because phase four seems to be so mixed in uh the reception and And dc rudderless you know yeah yeah and dc just seems to 2023 is going to be a year of getting their shit together at least i hope um and hopefully we we learn some plan so we'll see yeah well, even if they do get a plan, all these movies are like pre that plan. So they're just releasing the movies they have. Yeah. And trying to what's going to happen. Yeah. True. Trying to make make uh, lemonade Break even. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah. So thanks, guys, for talking superheroes one last time for me uh, with yeah. me for 2022. And uh, we'll we'll be back soon, hopefully with some more year end stuff. But uh, yeah, stick around. Bye.